This week's episode is brought to you by The Great Courses Plus. For an unlimited 30-day free trial, visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. Probably science. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I'm Andy Wood. Hey, Andy. Hello there. I thought we, we had a first-time guest, but... Nah, not at all. I went to the archives. This is a second time guest. One of the very earliest episodes. One of the episodes at the time when I was out of town back in the UK and it was just you and Brooks. On the back patio. Running yeah. solo. Flying duo. Whatever. July, with guests. July 2012. It's, a, <sighs> it's a comedian and also the other host of Get Rich Nick. Along with Nick Vaderot, who was the guest a couple of episodes ago, is Nick Turner. I'm the Nick of the title. Get rich. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's lucky. It's such a happenstance. That you got yeah, actually, no, Nick doesn't know. <laughs> um, but we decided, me and the producer, who is my wife, uh, we so, decided. So all the residual checks go to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we've signed all of his over to her as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's been uh, it's been great. I get all the money, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah. What am I saying? Residuals. You guys are getting rich on the podcast. That's what the money. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's not about the ads. Yeah, for no, us. No. It's about making millions through walking dogs. Do you have a tally board or anything? I guess it's a audio medium, but yes. really. Yes, we, we have a tally board at your wolf. We should explain for listeners who didn't hear the episode a couple of weeks ago with the non-titled Nick. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, Nick whoever. Yeah. Whoever he is. The non-ponymous Nick. I have Nick uh, saved in my phone as Nick Vattersnot. Ooh. <laughs> And that's, that's um, pretty cruel. It's yeah, fun Bart. for me, but every time Siri says his name, because I do not, I do not touch my phone. Yeah. I talk to my phone. Okay. I say uh, call, and then he, and then Siri goes calling Nick Vitersnit, <laughs> and I'm like Siri, you don't know the joke. Yeah, <laughs> you're ruining the cadence. It's like when you try to have too jokey of a name at trivia night, and then the trivia host reads it out wrong every time. Oh yeah. Going, like, well, that's for nothing now. Now there's no point to this. We did. Uh, we got second at trivia night. Oh, that's right. You did that uh, last time, and um, I really wanted to uh, name our. Well, Lyra, Lyra wanted to name our team enthusiasm, so I said we should name it Ing with enthusiasm. So they read Team Ing with enthusiasm. Oh. But uh, they're not going to say it that way. No, no. <laughs> You'll just go like. Um... I-N-G with enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in last place, with the most points, but I just hate them, so they're in last place, ing with enthusiasm. Uh, we should explain that the podcast, for those who didn't hear, is Nick and someone else who happens to be called Nick trying to get rich in various ways. Yes. and then um, money-making schemes. And then uh, usually we'll, we'll enlist uh, an expert friend to uh, help us uh, get rich who's an expert at the whatever subject and Matt was our trivia expert okay. and um, he really fucked things up for us. Yeah, we had a bad trivia. We, we really shut the bed. We, we, we did very <laughs> bad. Um, we had a list of castles that we had to connect names to and uh, that's why you have a team member from Europe. And we still couldn't do it. They're all real. They're not, they're not that what, was that one of the categories? Yeah, remember it was like which country are these castles in? And they were just like different castles in. Uh, did really, we get like Austria? One was German. from Romania. Right. Like, we can't. Uh, we don't know. I mean, would you even know the cat? 
Are there 10 famous castle names? That you, no. I mean, have you, had you heard of the names? Yeah. Of I mean, we had heard of like a couple. Like there was like Windsor Castle, you know. Oh, right. right. But then the one from Romania, I don't fucking know. It wasn't Dracula's castle? <laughs> also, there were too many countries. So like There's not, always not even extra. all the countries. Yeah, it was. It was like two, two decoys. You got me, King Trivia. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think you guys, I'm not sure if you put one out since the last time we talked to Nick about it. What's, what's the most... Uh, Oh well, t- today is um, dog walking. Oh okay. Um, yeah, uh, on the Rover app, which is honestly ridiculously hard to get onto. Like, really? As far yeah. as passing the background checks and things. Or- I tried to get on Wag, and they said no, thank you. And then I tried Rover, and I got in. Um, but then I read up, and Rover only uh, takes fifteen percent of applicants. The one you got in. Yeah. What do you what What does Wag take? Then? Wag takes five. So that's a pretty, which is why they green. call it the Harvard of dog walking <laughs> services because it's the same acceptance rate. If of it, course, if your parents were on Wag, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> I heard Lori Laughlin's daughter got on. Yeah, of course he's on Wag. He's a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so isn't that there's no reason not to? If you're a consumer of it, you should use Wag. If they're the more dis- discriminating one, right? Yeah, but they're bigger, so they're in the news more about losing dogs, so they, <laughs> you get scared. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, Rover's only lost a few dogs. <laughs> you want the mom and pop? Well, then, yeah, if it's just a numbers game, it should be the percentage of dogs that are lost. <laughs> yeah, but we don't, they don't tell us how many yeah. people there are. We don't know percentages. All we know are hard numbers. Oh, what's the person to do? I didn't even think about lost dogs. I thought it was just like, I mean, is it the most devastating didn't... thing you've ever heard of? I mean, I'm not, I shouldn't make light of it. If your dog's lost, that's awful, but just like... How do you fuck up on that most fundamental thing you have to <laughs> right, do? Right, like I've had multiple dogs and I've never lost any of them. <laughs> Just, uh, I know people who've lost dogs from their house, but if it, you're the dog walker, that's a real, your only job is to go yeah. there and not let go of the street. Yeah. yeah, when I lose <laughs> my dog, he's not connected to a leash and yeah. to my hand. I feel like if you, if it's you like a, a party and some careless guest leaves the door open or something, right, or you right. know, you're getting a delivery, you're helping the delivery guy move up. Like a wardrobe into the building and suddenly the dog gets underneath yeah. through your legs and then you're fucked. Like, that's, I get that. But if you're literally just holding a rope with the a dog on the end. <laughs> professional rope holder. I, I remember my dog used to run away when I was a kid a lot, um, but no one ever panicked. We just called our two friends that he would run to all the time because they would give him food when he got there. <laughs> that's really where he should have lived. <laughs> <laughs> where he's meant to be yeah so we were like we'll come pick him up in a few weeks yeah yeah Smokey my dog my first dog he ran away so much my parents eventually gave him away to a house in the country so they told us and then I didn't find out until like a decade died. later no no I don't know for but sure but he actually just went to a farm <laughs> right I, I haven't had the balls to ask my parents if this is true but then when I found out like 10 or 15 years later that that was a cliche <laughs> or someone was like yeah you know they gave uh, the whole story and like oh we found a nice family in the country to give them to him it's like it's so funny that that's a thing people say when they're actually killing him because my family actually yeah. found <laughs> a family in the country for what a people. revelation I just I would love to like see your face fi- uh, figuring that out but it's possible they did I don't want to ask it's sure sure bud uh, yeah <laughs> yeah he went to live on a real he yeah. wanted to live on a big farm this where one. he could run around with all the other very violent dogs yeah. <laughs> with, all the, uh, with all the other 40 year old dogs <laughs> he, was, he wasn't the best dog but I mean I don't you know I was nine I'm not sure I was so on top of the training and stuff I'm trying to remember if that was even a <laughs> not that it was my responsibility yeah. <laughs> 
Is that even a sketch that made the edit of Wikipedia? The ske- the radio sketch show that I wrote with yeah. friends of the show, Nick Doody, Sarah Morgan, and Kerry Marks. Uh, I think there was like a sort of kids mode or a safety mode sketch that we have for this system. And then just every article for our period of the show was in euphemisms, but it was just... You know, a uh, a man today went to live on a farm in a. <laughs> like, like, he uh, he burst into the building and made three men, li- three people live, go to live on a farm before turning the go to live on a farm on himself. <laughs> That's great. I think that made the cut. That's funny. I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah, we'll put it back in. If it didn't, what happened to that? That's a funny, that's a very funny that's idea. great, yeah. Or like politician caught giving a special hug to a <laughs> yeah. uh, staffer. But there we go. Bigopedia, still available somewhere through the BBC I you, shops. I thought you said there was going to be some uh, more mainstream way to find it soon. I don't know. Yeah, I've got to find out about that because I, 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 there's, there's clips online. I'm very proud of it. We Steal spent a long it time writing it. put it up on your own account. Yeah, seriously. I've got, and I've, just say I've it, got the original audio files. Yeah. What are they going to do? Somewhere. I'll find out. I'll find out what, what we are they going to sue Matt Kirshen? <laughs> this face. You could always put it up. And then in the notes below it, be like, I claim no rights to this. And then worst case... I, someone whose out. name happens to match the credits. <laughs> I'm Matt <laughs> Christian. I'm Matt Christian. There's nothing punitive. Like, worst case I'm Matt Christian. <laughs> Co-writer of the show. You know what they do sometimes, too? You put up uh, copyrighted material on YouTube is you, you, you like put it in a smaller box and then have like yeah well this is audio only anyway so yeah you know, what's the audio equivalent uh, uh, oh yeah but they do fuck with the audio so I don't think the BBC yeah, has sophisticated the maybe they do it's, yeah it's a matter of whether they're spending resources I to think you that. can get it now through something like Audible though just I think do it really there is fast. a way I think there's a I think there's <laughs> I think there's ways that the, the algorithms can check for just little things like speed or pitch tweaks that people do but yeah but uh you're anyway. telling me they're smarter than us I think the robots are smarter than us god damn it yeah. uh but I, I don't know. Uh, if we find a link think, before this goes I'm up. sure your dog is fine and, and is oh, still yeah. living happily on this farm. I'm, I'm to sure this 30 day. years later he's doing <laughs> just fine. Just fine. Smokey's <laughs> living it up in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Smokey, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> Andy loves you still. Still, yeah. <laughs> Smokey, and, if you got him. And Andy still promises he'll take you for a walk every day. <laughs> I swear, Mom. I'll never forget. It's gonna be different. I was in a I was in a sketch rehearsal, whatever, and then one of, one of the members of my sketch team uh, announced, or like he just told us that his his father or his grandfather had died of a heart attack, where his his heart exploded. <laughs> That's really sad. That I <laughs> he said his heart exploded, and then another member of the group was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> He's like, oh well, it's like his heart and his body is just like exploded in his body, and it's just like that's not that's not possible. <laughs> that doesn't sound like that's really what happened. And he's like, yeah, that's. And he's like, I think that's just something they told you when you were six, <laughs> and didn't fully explain it. And then the guy started crying. <laughs> like, no, it exploded. I heard it. <laughs> We, we, oh, we man, do I'll have a fair forget. number of medical expert listeners who tune into this show every week. Uh, okay, if, so what happens when a heart explodes? <laughs> I mean, maybe the walls get so thin, like, you know, it's not, it's not going to be the most dramatic. It's not like someone pushed down on one yeah, of those, like, his whole body explodes. TNT plunger things, but yeah. Well, we could do this story that Justin Broad sent in since we're on a fairly morbid kick. 
the human body farm research. Oh yeah, I love human body farm stories. We've, we've discussed the human body farm before. The I think there's actually a couple of them, but the big one is in. Oh, this one's in Australia. Australia's first human body farm. The main one that we've heard of before, I think, is in Carolina somewhere. somewhere one of the Carolinas, east, southeast, um, somewhere around there. But the idea is that they have people who've donated their body to science to this specific location agreed to have their body left in mm. various different conditions out in the wild mm-hmm. so that forensic pathologists can dis- can examine them and discover the rate of decomposition and therefore like when they do come across a body have a better idea of what's happened to it like finding out how long it takes a body in water or in like half buried or fully buried or whatever to get to various different states mm. so researchers at Australia's first human body farm have observed I mean Australia is late to the game yeah, they're very first. You, you thought it's a we country that's figuring out some of these murders. It's a country that's made for a human body farm. They've, they've got <laughs> loads so of corpses in Australia. Farming, loads of space. What are you going to do, Australia? Come on, sort yourself out. They have observed that dead bodies move significantly when they decompose, and believe the movement could be important in death investigations. By the not way, not I, creepy. Yeah. It says they chase people through buildings uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they can only be killed with a shot through the head. Uh, <laughs> double killed. Researcher Alison Wilson made a discovery using time-lapse cameras to film the decomposition of a donor body in 30-minute intervals over 17 months. The observations are yet to be published in a peer-reviewed journal but have intrigued Ms. Wilson's colleagues. The body farm is the... This is a... This is a... Backronym... This is definitely a very heavily reverse-engineered acronym going on here. Okay, yeah. The, uh, Austra- I've never heard that term, but I love it. Backronym. Actually, I think backronym is is not quite what this is, because yeah. I think this still was written forward. Where I think a backronym is one of those ones where... Like digital versatile disc instead of digital video Yeah, discs. or people like retroactively like laser. Like, like all day I Like all day I dream about sports or sex, sex depending yeah. on how pure you are. When in fact it was just named after the guy who founded. Oh, you think backronyms are always Adi, incor- incorrect? Adolf Das, yeah, right? yeah. Das- Adolf Dassler, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is the Australian facility for taphonomic experimental research. I'd never heard that, but that is after a legit word. So the body farm—that's not what—that's not a term they use. Yeah, I think so. Body think, farm? What? That sounds worse than I, I think, think it's it the is. general working title. I mean, it's probably inaccurate, or it is inaccurate in that they aren't they're like, like growing. You know, ra- they're growing bodies, exactly. <laughs> How was the crop this year? Yeah, taphonomy. Growing bodies. Yes. Oh, it's been a hard one this year. They're planting live babies. Like, <laughs> yeah. why are you I lost my babies? whole crop of bodies. <laughs> my whole, uh, everything in my farm is dead. It's been a great year. <laughs> um. So yeah, taphonomy I'd never heard of before is the branch of paleontology that deals with how organisms decay and become fossilized. So this was set up three years ago to investigate human decomposition under a variety of conditions to replicate crime scene scenarios. Not exclusively crime scene, presumably. They also want to investigate scenarios of bodies that have died of natural causes. You know, like the farm that they went to live on is so wide that they weren't discovered for a while after they were running free right. and frolicking. Yeah. There's so, such a thing as too much frolicking. Yeah, uh, It lies in a secret bushland location on the outskirts of Sydney. 
What we found out was that the arms were significantly moving, so the arms that started off down beside the body ended up out to the side of the body. Ugh. Do you think this is like from like a fox comes and like tries to eat your your fingers and the, it does seem like it's drag it over a little bit maybe but or it, like a sea of ants are carrying your arms yeah. slowly and then when you show up they're startled they run away so you can't yeah. they, no one can tell yeah or uh, you know it's just it's not full zombie but it's still like sh- trying to put their arms out in front to sh- say the word brains <laughs> if you can't say brains you'll never get any yeah. <laughs> You got to put yourself out there. You get what you ask for. Right. The Have secret you read for the secret? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so hungry. I just don't know how to tell anyone. Vision board is just brains. <laughs> just pictures of brains. Come over here. I can only move very slowly <laughs> over a course of about a year and a half. That's the slow. That's the slowest zombie I've ever heard of. <laughs> it really is. So, Ms. Wilson, who is a medical science undergrad. At Q at CQ University, so Colin she, Quinn University. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a guy. It's, it's a place I teach. It's, 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 um, yeah, get, get out of school there. <laughs> Said uh, she expected some movement in the early stages of decomposition, but was surprised to see the movement continue for seventeen months of filming. By the way, this article has a video attached that is not that video. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> you guys got some great footage. Anyway. Uh, she said the bo- By the way Why is it still Quoting this undergrad Who by the way Did do the work But You know Maybe Maybe also have a quote From Her supervisor The postdoc Or the <laughs> The professor uh, But she said The movement could be A result of Thanks. shrinking And contracting Where the body's ligaments Dried out But the information Could help with Police investigations This research is very imp- Yeah like for example If you want to know if a serial killer has been gradually raising the arms over... Uh, <laughs> must have been a murderer who did this, because the arms started off by the side, and now we're out. Out, out. Are we sure they're not That's just trying true. to make zombie angels? <laughs> right? Is that, is they just out of the ashes? Up and down over time? The research is very important to help law enforcement solve crime, and also insist, assists in disaster investigations says Ms. Wilson. It's important for victims and victims' family. In a lot of cases, it gives the victim a voice to tell their last story, which, once again, I can only stress, is the word brains. <laughs> Be the brains you want to see in the world, is what they say to zombies. The findings follow Ms. Wilson's previous work, published last month in the journal Forensic Science International Synergy. How much original research is this person doing? What a- Holy shit, this undergrad. Uh, in that study... Ms. Wilson used the time-lapse camera to test whether a scientific equation to estimate the decomposition of a body in the Northern Hemisphere was applicable to the Australian environment. Or do bodies decompose in the other direction? Yeah, exactly. The arms go down (laughs) instead of up. Uh, Until we had after, once again, that's the name of the body farm, most of the science on how bodies decompose was based on the Northern Hemisphere, where the climate is different, the weather is different, and even the insects can be different. This is the first time a time-lapse camera has been used to capture human decomposition, and it confirmed the os- equation can be used in the Australian environment. Wait, wait, wait. This is the first... Body farms have existed for how long? And anybody can just buy a GoPro that... Ha- like, how, how is this the first time people have used time-lapse to I don't show... Know. That's crazy. I don't know. A body farm... I'll tell you what a body farm is. A body farm is where you grow body parts or whole, a whole people... To be used for harvesting their organs. Yes. Right. That, the, every time you say body farm, that's all I can picture. I'm like, right, right, right. This is zombies. Okay. Well, body storage facility. Body. 
uh, what is what would you call it? Body repository. A corpse display. Yeah, or or a uh, uh, the what what do you call the the the, the big big pile of trash? The, yeah, the, thing the in dump the, in the Pacific. Yeah, oh, yeah. body that's dump. That's what I meant. Yeah, body dump. The cadaver palaver. <laughs> what does that word mean again? Cadaver palazzo. Pada- uh, palaver just means like a whole ho- hoo ha, like a that's like a mess of stuff. Yeah. Oh, what a palaver! What a what a stress. What's oh, wait, the do etymology? We say, do we say palaver? Do we say accent in the first syllable in American English? I've seen that word written. I just never knew what it meant. Anyway, it's a to do, huh? Hmm. It is a it is a whole to do. Uh, yeah, to do is a perfect is a fairly accurate translation of palaver. <laughs> okay, unnecessarily elaborate or complex procedure. So, Doctor Macon Uyland, deputy director of after, says there was some movement caused by insect activity and gas built up in the body too early in the early to mid stage of the decomposition. She had not seen the extent of the movement in this study, but agrees the findings could impact on crime investigations. Being able to watch the human decomposition process in detail as it happens over a time in 30-minute intervals will be invaluable in the search for better ways to establish time since death by determining when certain visible markers occur. I mean, I know it's horrible, but, like, this is such a tease. Show the video. You know? Like, you could put it behind a warning thing, but, like... Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just... Um, am I alone on this one? Am I just too... Uh, I'm just nervous jaded? about, you know, helping the cops, you know. <laughs> You don't want to help. Are the cops on our side? You know, really. <laughs> well, the cops to have less info. Which cops the- are these? I like. I'm picturing just like New York beat cops walking around this farm, kicking, <laughs> kicking these bodies. They're like, answer the questions. <laughs> like planting drugs on them. Like we're not even trying these people for crimes. What are you this doing? This zombie was like, found with over 18 bags of cocaine okay. on him <laughs> and five recent gunshot wounds. <laughs> It moved. Nope. He just shot him again. That's six. It very gradually for his yeah. yeah, It very gradually reaching for my gun over the course of several months. (laughs) This is the farm where they send police who are just fucking too bad at their jobs, and they tell their 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 partners, "You can a nice farm for him. You can can shoot anything you want." Everybody did it. (laughs) Don't worry. <laughs> they they currently have 70 donor bodies by the way the Australian one does yes the Australian would you do one. this I I have talked Probably before the show about like I would I would donate my body to medical science I do want to do that because I don't care what happens to my corpse after I'm dead and, you get a check uh, you donate I think you do but it only it, the, the money you get can only go towards like treasures that you can bring into the afterlife <laughs> you get it you get it the day yeah. after you get you get buried with, buried a, check. with a check right? <laughs> it's your account the yeah. yeah and that okay. help, that helps you cross the river okay the, the gets boat, you the across boats, sticks the yeah on, he has one of those he's like a, a check reader i don't even know what that <laughs> yeah. would be can i just sign this over t- i only right. take gold uh, i got it's made out to cash so you can just give it to him and then he can <laughs> go yeah you can get into that party in that movie coco yeah <laughs> Yeah, 70 bodies, you said, in the Sydney one. Is that the end of the story? That, that, <laughs> I mean, pretty that pretty much, much is. I think there, it is quite a long story, and there are, there are more beats to it. We will, we will, as we do with all our stories, link to it in the show notes if you want to read more about that. Yeah, so anybody who's covering up a crime, feel free to move that corpse around because uh, you could argue that he just did it on his own. So, Yeah, what you got? 
You oh, got a story for us, Andy? Um, well, I got some good news that sort of relates to last week's uh, lengthy discussion of the herpes family. I'm sorry. Yes, it was the herpes family viruses, wasn't it? It, it was the herpes family. I don't know if it well, was described as a family. That makes it sound like... A and this of, is little baby herpes. Yeah, makes it sound like a sort of 70s com, like sort of yeah. comedy drama show. The herpes family. They're on vacation. Ne'er-do-well father. Is this Put the story mother. that a potential cure for herpes yes. has been found? I was checking to see if this was... Oh, Sean Robertson sent this in. It was. Or a vaccine, rather, yes. rather than a cure. A vaccine. Uh, it's... I have a lot of so friends yeah, hopes have been be raised that we will soon. Uh, have I don't a know vaccine. those friends who I think maybe could have done with this fifteen to twenty years earlier. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I wonder because we talked about last week the HPV vaccine. They don't even recommend to anybody over I don't know twenty five or thirty or something. Damn. Yeah, or even over like twenty five if you're cool. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, hopes have been raised that we'll soon have a vaccine to halt the spread of genital herpes, following an animal study that's achieved better results than any previous trial. More than one in ten people worldwide are infected by the virus, which is lower than I've heard. Like people say, like thirty to fifty percent before. Yeah, but this is worldwide, and there are some countries that are pretty lame. <laughs> uh, the herpes simplex two virus is spread by vaginal, anal, or oral sex. People remain infected for life, and some of the HSV two viruses hide away in nerve cells where they lie dormant. Most people never realize they're infected, but others suffer from outbreaks of painful symptoms, including genital lesions. The virus can also cause complications such as meningitis. I didn't know that. And is occasionally passed on to babies during birth with fatal results. Uh, People are most infectious when they have genital lesions, but even those with no symptoms often still shed the virus and can infect others. So far, efforts to develop a vaccine have failed, but an experimental vaccine developed by Harvey Friedman at the University of Pennsylvania has prevented genital lesions in all mice and guinea pigs tested. In 98% of mice and 80% of guinea pigs, it also prevented the low-level hidden infections. Other experimental vaccines regarded as promising enough to test in humans have failed to prevent these infections in these hidden infections in animals. Our results in mice and guinea pigs are very encouraging, better than anything we've seen in literature, says Friedman. Um, but we won't know if this vaccine will work. Better than it's... Hamlet? <laughs> that was a good vaccine of literature. Uh, we won't know if the vaccine will work until it's tested in humans. Um, so most vaccines or many vaccines consist of modified or inactivated viruses. Friedman's vaccine is unusual in that it consists of messenger RNA molecules that code for three HSV2 proteins. When these mRNAs get inside cells in the body, the cells produce the viral proteins, triggering an immune response. No M- mRNA-based vaccine has yet been approved, but some are already in human trials. So Friedman's team is now testing whether the vaccine can also prevent against uh, herpes simplex 1 or the cold sore virus, which 7 out of 10 people worldwide have. That's, a, that's pre- a very high number. Wait, what? what's 7 out of 10? The cold sore version of Oh, that's, herpes. yeah, I got herpes that. Herpes 1. Hell yeah. I fuck, I fuck all day with that. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so this is very promising. 98%, or I guess it prevented lesions in all mice, and then 98% and 80% of these low-level hidden infections. Promising stuff. I had not realized how risky it is to kiss a uh, guinea pig's genitals. I mean, you well, you've really you dodged a bullet, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> risky but worth it. <laughs> Congrats. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, this article also followed up to say that if the vaccine does prove effective, they uh, Friedman envisions it being given to, given to teenagers alongside the highly successful HPV vaccine that we mentioned. Man, teenagers get all the good shit. 
Oh man, but they have to be, they have to grow up with uh, social media. So yes, they have no wow. risk of herpes. The herpes or HPV, of the brain. But they yeah. do have phone herpes, right? <laughs> social media and its permanence kind of is opinion herpes. Yeah. That really, oh yeah. I mean, you everyone's it's just like digital a, a thing you said that will never po- be erasable. It could just yeah. pop up when you least expect it. You could suddenly have another yeah, outbreak of your views from 1998. Something you haven't said since May of 2019 could pop up again. <laughs> Is that the Shane Gillis? Yeah, it was the yeah, old was. me. <laughs> you just got drunk at one party and accidentally ended up with opinion herpes. Oof. Yeah, I've heard people say like being in college now, it's like Sunday morning, you just spend the whole day like untagging yourself on, or probably not even now, that's probably five years ago when Facebook was still a thing oh, yeah. kids used. Yeah, Facebook's nobody tags over, me on Facebook. It? No, it's so over. Yeah. The only good thing on Facebook left are the groups, because you can't talk to your friends anymore, Yeah, because most of your friends are gone, and so you can just like find shared interests in like in groups. Pottery. Yeah. Or like my own personal podcast group. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, maybe something we should have done at some point. <laughs> Seven years in, maybe it's too late for that kind of thing. Every time know. I go to Facebook, it's like, you have 100 notifications. And I'm like, oh, great, what Damn. are they? And they're like, this guy is going to a show you've never heard of. And I'm like, that's my oh, notification? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is why I don't uh, come here. The, the Twitter I barely use, and now I've just started to slowly look at it more often. And when, when I open the app, it's like... it gives me all these notifications which it used to reserve for like things that were related to what I've done on there Mm -hmm. and now it's just showing me tweets that friends of mine liked I'm like why is that worthy of a notif I don't care three of your friends liked this McDonald's tweet yeah it's it is funny yeah when you don't have notifications they still give you notifications like no one like you didn't post anything no one liked anything of yours but they're like we gotta tell you something there has to be some little dot next to a thing to make you have to click on it yeah even like um, Instagram posting like on your main Instagram instead of an Instagram story I'm like that better be the best photo you've ever taken in your life I haven't I do like two a year because the pressure's too much the story is like who cares yeah Uh, no one's mad at you for a dumb story yeah uh, should we do a super cool mathematics story? Yeah, this one's pretty dorky, huh? It's very dorky. I like it a lot for that reason. Me too. Let's see how long. Let's see I how far I, we get through it before. I, was, I felt like I was about to get my herpes cured, but no, I guess we're we're moving on already. Are you a teenager? <laughs> Are you a guinea <laughs> no, pig? I'm too old to give sperm. I found out. Oh, really? What's the cutoff? It's forty, but it's like a two-year process. No shit. Yeah, because it's like a year to get. Um, vetted and then a year commitment because your first is trash. And so you oh. you got to keep going back until they can get like good samples. Hang on, why is your first sample? They have to like test it or something. Oh, it's okay. the same way with um, blood uh, plasma donation. Um, I thought you were just going to say it's because everyone knows you can't get pregnant the first time. It's obviously <laughs> science <laughs> fact. You know, man, I was in a hot tub. I don't know. <laughs> Did you give this sample standing up? <laughs> That felt like a body farm, the plasma donation place. Right? That's literally a body farm. Yeah, because there's like 60 beds, and then above it, there's like two-way mirrors of people like staring down for wait, in, wait. behind black. Oh, sorry. Plasma donation, not, not sperm donation. Is that yeah. what you... Okay. Yeah, plasma. plasma. <laughs> there's two-way mirrors in the sperm donation. There's 60 place. people in one room <laughs> yeah, yeah. just jacking it. And then there's a giant mirror. Oh, just cameras are rolling. Opens. Yeah. 
Good God. So you were, I'm assuming the sperm donation was going to be a get rich. Yeah, yeah. So it was the, the, the plasma donation was our, was our first episode. Did um, you find out how much money you would have got, gotten for sperm had you been in the- No, we're still going to try to do it. I just did the research and I realized that Nick and I can't do it. So we're going to have to get somebody else to do it. We, we were thinking about maybe getting a woman to try to give like- Eggs over, or yeah, egg worth a lot more money. Yeah. They used to have ads in our school paper for uh, tens of thousands or something. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's- very, they're sought after. It's like a turkey egg compared to a chicken egg. In terms of value, wait, what do you mean? Oh, just like availability and value. Yeah. Okay, um, what uh, have you ever seen a turkey leg? I mean, turkey egg. I don't turkey think, leg. I don't think so. Well, yeah, right. Go. You never think about it, but you're like, yeah. Where are the turkey eggs? You've never seen one in the store. No, but I think they are bigger, aren't they? They are. Here's why you don't see them in the store. Okay. They are much bigger. They also uh, they don't just lay a bunch of eggs they lay like two eggs a month um and then so it's like it's just a turkey egg would be like 25 dollars just, just, just there's no market enough. for it yeah I, and i forgot and how... it's more it's, they make more money if they turn that egg into a turkey that they can then sell right i forgot why it is that chickens even it's it's a thing that we have done to them to make them churn out so many unfertilized eggs correct chickens left to their own devices they don't lay a bunch of unfertilized eggs i don't know i, I don't know i genuinely don't know listeners yeah i, I looked it up at is, some point if ever I there is one for a listener to weigh in on please help us the out the beautiful thing that you guys don't have to know anything oh yeah and we it's very much best. don't <laughs> i have seen an ostrich egg those things are amazing yeah uh, well, oh, oh yeah. they're blue people can right? sit on them no they're no, just like really sturdy and they're like the size of a almost like a volleyball between a softball and a volleyball and they sell them for 20 bucks at this ostrich farm up by Solvang. Oh, wow. And it has the equivalent, maybe it's 40 bucks, but it has the equivalent of like 20 eggs, 20 chicken eggs worth of volume of stuff inside, wow. which you can then one yolk. make, well, I guess one giant yolk, you can make one giant frittata. That'd be a great YouTube video yeah. oh a little else. God, yeah. Throw it at one terrible politician. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't break when you, it's so strong. You could kill him? Yeah, literally you'd kill him. <laughs> Just like, like a, a bowling ball to the head. <laughs> Hey, it's sponsor time. I think you know who this is by now, but if you're a new listener, you might not. It is The Great Courses Plus. This is a really fun thing that we are very happy to have been partnering with for a while now and also enjoying a lot of what they make. We are super happy. Uh, For those of you who don't know, this is an online subscription service, I guess you could call it, which gives you access for one monthly fee to hundreds, maybe even thousands. I don't know how many. A ludicrous amount. thousands of lectures. A ludicrous amount of lectures in all sorts of subjects. They obviously have the sciences ones. That's the ones we've been focusing on. But they also have various artsy things. I think, Andy, you were doing a wine course. Yep, that one's pretty fun. I'm a couple episodes into that. There's playing guitar, the philosophy of Tai Chi, nuclear energy, pirate wars, the human brain. You can study... I don't want to say anything you want, but any, anything you want. Most things. I've, I've looked up a few things just because I wonder, and I found stuff. I sent a photography course uh, a friend of mine's way recently. Uh, but oh, we have been going through the science of information. From language to black holes, yes. Yeah, this is a new course. And, and again, it's just making me think about information as a unit, as a concept in a completely different way. And how... Computing is connected to DNA, is connected to... uh, Cryptography and quantum physics. Yeah, it's sort of encompassing mathematics, physics, biology. It's it's a very interesting course and really making me just sort of think about things in a very different different angle. It's very cool. What's also cool is if you are a listener to this show, you can get an entire month for free. 
That's right. If you go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably, you'll get 30 days of unlimited access to all of the courses within The Great Courses Plus. You we can do with that what you want. We recommend checking out the Science of Information, but, you know, have at. Fucking go for any. And, and once again, you can listen to listen to or watch any of the courses for the single fee. You can listen to it as a podcast. You can whack it up on the TV. Do whatever you fancy. That's the Science of Information and hundreds, nay, thousands of other lectures given by top professionals, hand-selected for their abilities in lecturing and communicating. Uh, thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably for a month free trial. Give it a listen. So a, a bunch of mathematicians at MIT, oh, and Bristol. You mean and, Epstein's house? Yeah. Um, they have found a big, exactly there. They found a, lar- a very large solution and the third, only, third ever known solution to a problem known as the sum of three cubes. The problem asks whether any integer or whole number can be represented as the sum of three cube numbers. There are already two known solutions for the number three, both of which are pretty tiny. You might be able to guess the first one fairly easily. One cube plus one cube plus one cube. That is exactly it. And then the second... Three. three. Is three. That that is a way of making three. The second one would take you a little bit longer, but probably not that long to work out. That is four cubed plus four cubed minus... Oh, sorry. Plus minus five cubed, effectively is equal to three. This one's harder to riff on, Matt. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's why... <laughs> it really I'll take some responsibility for finding this one. I mean, I think it's interesting, but um, yeah, maybe not the... So, uh, they've been looking for a third for decades. They finally found... I'm not even going to read this out, because that'll be so just horrible dead one. air, but each of those each of those digits cubed is... Each of those numbers cubed is what? One, two, three, four, five... Uh, I'm going to say something like 20 digits long. Yeah, they're about about that long. Approximately. Read them. Your viewers deserve they this. They didn't even give like commas, right. so you can't even put the right... Um, yeah, f- for those know, who are calculating at home, the first number is 569936821221962380720 cubed. That's not how you read numbers, Matt. Hold on a second. <laughs> I, can, I can get this. That's the billions, that's the trillions, that's the quadrillions, that's the quintillions. Yeah, 569 quintillion is the first one. Wow. So, so there you go. It's, uh, it's very large numbers. They also found a solution to the same problem for 42, which is the last remaining unsolved number less than, less than 100. Turns out there is no solution for numbers like the number 4 and 5 or 13. There are nine unsolved numbers under 1,000. So, you, and they can prove. I guess they can. It, it seems like it seems like a, a an imp, literally an impossibility to prove that a number can't have that. No, it's not. No, it's difficult, but it's. I think. I have a question. Yes. You can prove. Go for it. Why? <laughs> for what? I mean, like everything on this podcast, I don't think you have to provide a, a, a reason why this is directly applicable to someone's life right away before, in order to justify looking doing for, it, looking for information or trying to uncover. Well, the, the other ones, you know, it's world. like uh, we're trying to solve murders, uh, we're trying to cure herpes. Everything else, no, but makes- not, not everything has a direct. You won't know until you find it. Sometimes, like this, is the same kind of field of mathematics that's the reason we're able to send encrypted information over the internet. Like, this is similar to RSA encryption, like finding giant numbers. Yeah, it's the same branch of mathematics. Yeah, yeah. Raising giant numbers to powers and then 
I'm not saying the encryption is the reason that this is worth looking into as much as it is just like you don't have to justify studying the theory of math. Yeah. I well, mean, it's just like adding answer, adding but... numbers to pi, you know, it's like that's just like a kind of just a game everybody's playing. Well, right. I mean, but there was a time when pi was probably only known to a few digits and that had deleterious effects on you, you needed to have it's, more it's... more digits to do like fucking rocket science. Yeah, and, you know? the, and yeah. but now now you don't. You're writing that there is there is no practical there is no practical advantage to knowing the 300th two billion and one digit of pi compared to just the two billionth there's no practical value to that i guess the value is in things like coming up with faster and better algorithms in which you learn more about mathematics in the process and also faster and better computing techniques in which you to do that you end up developing better ways of computing and faster ways of computing so that can come out of that and then the rest of it is just out of sort of why would you do any with it? Why would an explorer yeah. go to... Why would you cl- climb a mountain or whatever? It you don't gain anything from it other than just to say, look what we've done and well, we've advanced altitude, but- Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, and potential energy, I guess. I, I gotta be honest with you. This has been a completely satisfying answer. Oh! <laughs> I was surprised that there was this answer and that it's multifaceted and uh, well, like I appreciate sa- it. It's the same thing that people get into with space travel. Like, we got enough problems here on Earth. Yeah. Why would you want to... I don't know, because... It's fucking space. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I also like the why do we need to know math? You know, questions like, yeah. well, you don't, Society but is. other people in this class do. Right. There, there is. I, I do have issues with the types of mathematics that are taught in school, and I think they do sometimes teach people the wrong things. We've talked about this. This has come up on the like show. Trigonometry. Yeah, like not like everybody drive, needs to drive the the direction. Really seems to be sort of. Uh, algebra then calculus that which is understanding the very basis of calculus might have some value instead of abstract thought but for understanding the modern world probability statistics right would be far more valuable mm-hmm. and also maybe more interesting which i think they got into in whatever they called the pre-calculus class or maybe the year before that whatever like 10th or 11th grade ish there was some component of that in my high school education but i mean there definitely isn't enough of practical like I mean, there should be like mandatory. This isn't exactly math, but there's you leave high school with almost no required financial education, you know, mm-hmm. and like so many people are fucked by just interest, and they don't. That should be a thing you're required to understand to graduate. Yeah, compound high interest or a vague understanding of, and maybe also don't allow credit card companies to set up on the quad. Yeah, that too. That would, yeah, that <laughs> I coming from a country that it is going in that direction, but at least for the moment is not absurd like not like a house worth of debt that you leave university with although it is getting more and more and more and more disgusting but the idea that an 18 year old or 17 year old even in some cases is allowed to make a decision about hey why don't you make this decision about going into debt for the rest of your life yeah 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 no they should be thrown in jail and 100 percent. every uh ceo of every credit card company should be thrown in jail (laughs) Just, I don't know, you know, like... It's reasonable. Most of them are probably bad. There's probably some collateral damage, but that's with anything. Like, that's, that's with any progress. Yeah. As, as the credit card company would say, it's the cost of doing business. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to lose some good CEOs. But, uh... <laughs> of course you're going to lose good billionaires when we do the culling. There's, there's going to be some breakage, is what we call it yeah. in the industry. You yeah. lose a couple of Bill Gates, but it's mostly for good. Acceptable losses. Um, should we do... Uh... Let's let's do this story just because 
multiple people have sent this in, including my old friend Jackie Furback, who... You might have met Jackie from New York. She, I know Jackie very up. well. Yeah, she sent in this story. Or she, I she love Jackie this. Furback. She, uh, as did various other people, scientists have made a blacker black than before. Oh, yeah. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if, who's got the best version of that story out of the various different articles. Have you got one loaded up, Andy? Oh, uh, I thought you did. I am Sorry. researching. Uh, Justin Broad sent one in also. I don't know. Want to do the MIT one? Yeah, let's do the MIT. Is there like a way, like to do like an even blacker black? Is there a way to do an even more perfect circle? Are people always like working on that also? Or did we, or is that just a circle? And we, we got As in there. drawing a circle? Yeah. Perfect circle. Isn't that like an elusive... I mean, I guess I don't. The, theore- theoretically, it's not elusive, but I mean, I guess rendering it in the real world. But you know, if you just have a good compass, it's I don't know. Yeah, freehand drawing a perfect circle—that's that's, that's something. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I mean, any anything in the real world like that that you want to call perfect would be impossible if you zoomed in far enough. Yeah. I'm sure, but um, but you can construct a circle just yeah. by fixing a point and then like fixing a, a pen at another end of a mm-hmm. thing. Either a string or a that you hold taut or a rod and just yeah, but you're some dumb human and you'll never get it. <laughs> Not you personally, I just all humans. Yeah, humans are. Inherent. You're a, a smarter version of of a dumb human. So this MIT story does, of course, start off with the Spinal Tap reference that I'm sure everyone was thinking if they've seen that. Yeah, um, should we should we go fuck you and do the life science story <laughs> story oh, instead? Of... I'm not against it. I mean, all like. Right. Spinal Tap isn't the worst movie. It's a funny line. It's a great movie. Go on. What, what, how have they just, phrased it? It just says, with apologies to Spinal Tap, it appears that black can indeed get more black, which I'm fine with. They didn't try to... Yep. Um, MIT engineers report today that they have cooked up a material that's 10 times blacker than anything that's previously been reported. The material is made from vertically aligned carbon nanotubes, or CNTs. Don't try to pronounce that out loud. Uh, microscopic filaments of carbon, like a fuzzy forest of tiny trees that the team grew on a surface of chlorine-etched aluminum foil. The foil captures at least 99.995% of any incoming light, making it the blackest material on record. Uh, these researchers have found uh, published their findings today in the journal ACS Applied Materials and Interfaces. They're also showcasing the cloak-like material as part of a new exhibit today at the New York Stock Exchange titled The Redemption of Vanity. Whoa. That sounds very arty, not sciencey. Um, yeah, oh, the artist, the artwork conceived by Dimut Schriebe. Uh, I'm guessing that's they how you pronounce him. it. Sure, an artist in residence at the MIT Center for Art, Center Art, Art Science and Technology, in collaboration with Brian Wardle, professor of aeronautics and astronautics at MIT, and his group, the MIT Center for Art, Science and Technology, artist in residence. Teach, wait. Is this just repeating the same name again? Okay, whatever. This this piece of art Should features, have done my article. <laughs> features a 16, 16 carat natural yellow diamond, estimated to be worth two million dollars, which the team coated with the new ultra black CNT material. Did they just fuck up a diamond? I think so. A two million dollar diamond. Uh, the effect is arresting. The gem, normally brilliantly faceted, appears as a flat black void, and there is a picture uh, in this MIT article that we will link to at probablyscience.com. Uh, Wardle says the CNT material, aside from making an artistic statement, may also be of practical use, for instance, in optical blinders that reduce unwanted glare to help space telescopes spot orbiting exoplanets. But this isn't something that can be photographed. Yeah, I mean, it's a material. Here's a picture of, uh, on the right, there's the diamond covered in the material. Yeah, but that means nothing to me. Except you can't see it. It's totally black. 
Yeah, no, I just the resolution of the computer yeah. is what I mean. Yeah, you're right. Well, you can sort of see it, it in it. that it's well, darker can, it's than everything than around it. it. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, can you see? Yeah, yeah. How it's yeah. Dark yeah. But yeah, you're 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 right in that we are limited by the resolution and quality of the camera. This is not the same as what they're actually doing, which is to shine light on it and have light meters and see what reflects. Yeah. But I'd imagine this would make the perfect under-eye glare thing for athletes, right? Oh, yeah. That's like the, literally the ideal thing that re- reflects no light at all. I'd use it for a... Uh, I like to wear a sleep mask at oh, night. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this that's less about... That's more about light penetrating than light reflecting, so... Oh, that's true. But it was still... I'd imagine if it... It would also stop it from penetrating. You wear a mask at, at night in your regular bedroom? I do. You do? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That. I don't. I don't know why I'm shocked by that. But uh... our apartment doesn't. You know, our curtains let in too much light. We tried blackout curtains for a bit, and then they were just. They're just, just too grim. You know what I do? I just wake up at six thirty. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I'm the, I'm I've started to get up very early. This is my life. What time now. Do you go to sleep? Uh, depends. You know. But no matter what, your body just wakes you up at that time. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's about that time. Yeah. I've, I'm scared that day is going to come and then my nights aren't going to get any earlier and I'll just be perpetually tired. Yeah, I mean, my nights are certainly earlier generally than they used to be. Um, but it, yeah, it is a shock when I, like if I, you know, book an 11 o'clock spot, I'm like, oh no. Yeah. So weekends, you can't even like, like okay, brain, I'm, I'm allowed to, let's go back to sleep for an hour. Well, there's no, I don't have a nine to five job, so I don't, there's no weekends in my, you know, no reason schedule. To, yeah. Yeah. 6.30, what do you do with all that time? I um, I have my morning, and I I uh, sometimes I'll watch. I have, a, I have a, an, another podcast with Will Miles uh, called Recently Added, where we watch uh, everything that comes out on Netflix that week. And then in a <laughs> few days- How do you possibly do we that? We do, it's- But he wakes up at 6.30. There's, there's, there's ways around it, but, but literally, yeah, I, I can get out, I, I can watch uh, foreign stuff. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of Chinese subtitles. blockbusters on Netflix. There are now. no Chinese blockbusters on Netflix. What do you mean? Netflix ne- ne- does not make Chinese content. Oh, you mean original Netflix content? Yes, only Netflix originals. Have uh, they been recently added? Even if they bought it from, uh, but okay, Netflix okay. does make Bollywood films, right? They do not. Do they not? Some, no. I thought someone told me they did recently. They recently started making uh, some Indian content, um, but they don't make um, any musicals. Okay. Anything, yeah. Have you found any like uh, hidden gems of Netflix content? I have. What's what's the recommendations? <laughs> um, let's see. This week, um, what? Uh, oh, Inside Bill's Brain. Have you have you heard about this one? Yeah, they've been pushing this is, that on me. Pretty. This hard. would be, I assume, coming to your content. It's yeah. That's the next thing they try. Have, to have you watch. watched it? The first no. episode is all about um, how he uh, is dealing with the problem of. Uh, no plumbing in third right. world countries and the waste problem and so he it's like about him trying to build like a, a cheap a toilet that can burn fuel whatever blah 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 um but uh but that's great but the the one i always say is uh, instant hotel it's uh oh. if you're looking for australian content this is the top of the pops what's the premise uh here's the pre- it's a it's a competition reality show Go where on. everyone on it there's uh, there's there's six teams five or depending on the season uh five or six teams of two mm-hmm. and that team of two owns and operates uh an airbnb and then the show is they all spend an episode going around to each person's airbnb and staying there 
and then rating them. And it's mm-hmm. a competition, and uh, it's fantastic. What kind and of I things can't. do they do to make it to make their places amazing? Oh my god! I, I, I mean, you know, it's there's no limits. Right. It's. Um, I think there's a version of that in the UK and a version in France that is like it, but it's it's B and B's rather. Than- yeah, it's not the exact show because um, the the production actually is uh, British. The the host is British because there's someone I know, a comic who moved to France with his family. Mm-hmm. I think his wife might be French. His name's Ian Moore, and he moved to France, and now they. He still does stand up, but they run a B and B, and I think he's about no, to or just taped that. That's a B and B, right? Not an Airbnb. Exactly. That right. is an actual full time bed and breakfast yeah. where they they have multiple rooms and they cook you breakfast in the morning. And so the stipulation for this show is it can't. I mean, that's a fine line between an Airbnb and just a B and B, isn't it? No, uh, an Airbnb is like a, a, a single residence, and then a B and B. And that's a single residence where the host isn't there, you know. But the but the B and B, like a bed and breakfast, oh, the that's a multi room place. Yeah, the you, they make you food. And, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're not, and it's also like official, not skirting through any kind of regulation by pretending that it's right. not. It's just someone just letting uh, someone crash in their room <laughs> on this multi billion dollar app. <laughs> we're new friends. Like when they were trying to say that about. Ride sharing in the beginning. It's yeah. like, oh, I happen to be going that way. I'll just well, give I'm you not a, a taxi. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? I'm just giving someone a ride in yeah. this card that I bought just for this purpose. That's <laughs> so that I wrote taxi on. <laughs> yeah. So wait, instant hotel. They the people the hosts can't be on site. They just have to leave everything and hope people. Have yeah, a great time. sometimes in the first season there are a few hosts that like pop up and yeah. like have a fun activity or like want to hang out. And it's always bad. Okay. And they always hate it, and it always loses them ratings, and then in the next season, no one does it. So do they go digging through, trying to find things in the apartment that aren't nice, or in the house that aren't nice? Yes. No, it's brutal. Um, and there's some there's some weird ones. Like, there's one this season where it's just carved into the side of a mountain. Awesome. And so the entire house is carved out of mud. Yeah. And, uh, like, every room, every every. A detail is just carved into the and it's like incredible, but it just, it like melts. Right, say, there's dust <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and the bugs are out of this world. Oh, it's God. gorgeous, but it's just like every scene, people like have to cover their mouth because there's just bugs <laughs> oh, everywhere. God, what a beautiful nightmare. <laughs> it's like the opposite of an ice hotel. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, both a fire hotel. For different yeah. reasons. Yeah, every element has to have its own hotel. Really? Like, yeah, the, the wall yeah, just wind hotel. off. They probably have to come and re-detail it all the time. Yeah, it's insane. You can't, what happens when you get out of the shower? You're just like... Instantly dirty. <laughs> the shower's just spraying muddy water onto you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's, like there's like a flooring that they put right. in so you can... But still, yeah, it's dust. You got to clean up the dust Couldn't every day. could they have just like sprayed some kind of clear coating on the walls to make it still look like mud, but like... Not muddy to the touch. That like a yeah, like know, a lacquer. A lacquer? Yeah. yeah, that yeah, that's a great idea. Okay, they didn't in hotel. Do that. <laughs> yeah. They didn't do that. They should have done that. Um, I I forgot. I have been watching a Netflix original content. I just binged all of Hyperdrive in like twenty four hours. Oh yeah, have I you don't... seen that? No, is that I, I don't even like cars, but they just wore me down by like making it my home screen. Is that a competition show? Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's like. American Ninja Warrior crossed with Fast and the Furious. So oh, everyone yeah. has the cars that they made that they souped up, they bring to the competition, and there's like no limits on what the cars can be. There's a show this week that's kind of like that. It's not Hyperdrive? It's called Fastest Car. And it's all about who has the fastest car. 
Oh, this isn't just. Well, Steve. they this really like, just. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. brainstormed that one. There's nothing. Yeah, they like meet everyone. They're like, let's race. <laughs> yeah, from the people who brought you big punch. Who's <laughs> <laughs> got the biggest punch? But that's just drag racing, right? Like, it's why is that exactly a drag idea? racing. But what they what they add is a ton of backstory. To right. each of the contestants, and they give you people to root for and people to root against. Well, so and then, Hyperdrive does that really yeah. well too. That's and crazy. Charlie, it sounds like the same show. Oh, the Charlie Stern show. Yeah, she's yeah. producing it, and they took over this. I did compound. watch one of those. I loved it. Like I said, I, I got hooked real quick. I don't even care about cars, but they yeah. have all these really cool drifting obstacles, and uh, it's it's on this abandoned, not abandoned, but um, an industrial, yeah, like, giant yeah. facility. I think it's a Kodak headquarters in mm-hmm. Rochester that is being used or something. And they just did it upright. It looks like a video game. They lit it really cool. Um, yeah, they follow the people. You can spin your car them. around and hit yeah, stuff. Yeah, you got to spin the car. And then the, like, the piece de resistance uh, is this uh, a the bridge. Le- the leveler. Yeah, yeah. This like bridge that whatever like goes up and down. Like, Which you think someone's going to jump off of, but of course they can't. <laughs> and so, and yeah, and so what you do is you drive up it and then it falls down and then you keep going. But there's nothing to it. Well, that's what, the first episode. It's what happens. In later episodes, it becomes a, a leveling challenge. Oh, they, where they fix have it. to make it. No, it's just like after, they just wanted to like raise the stakes with future oh, okay. episodes. So it's not really a driving challenge. It's a balancing challenge. You get yeah. to back up and forwards till you make it totally still for ten seconds. Yeah, which like costs a lot of good drivers a ton of time because they can't do it. But also, it's not really a test. It, I don't know. It's not the most satisfying thing because yeah. it's not related to anything else. Because everything is cool on the way there, yeah. and then that looks spectacular, yes, but, but it doesn't. Not, that difficult right it's not related to drifting and fast driving but yeah so this is what i do i just find all the weird shit on you Netflix should watch all, all the hyperdrive it's got great characters they have so many moments on the, i can't zero percent chance i'm you know how much netflix i have to watch <laughs> okay. i'm not going back and watching listeners watch hyperdrive <laughs> don't watch fastest car and listen to recently added and listen to recently added yeah. we got time for another story right yeah yeah your listeners want wanted two more podcasts, right? Yes. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. They'll probably come along. You'd be surprised. Our <laughs> listeners are really bored. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite kind I of listener. I thought you were going to say loyal. I mean, they're, oh, no, they're trusting. Loyal, they're oh. super bored. Something oh. complimentary. Every day there's someone tweeting at us that they just started listening from episode one and we're on oh, 355 yeah. now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. We, we've had a few of those recently. Like, more than some... average where people have been messaging and just like... Like hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm on episode 100 now. <laughs> I'm worried about the science they're list, they're hearing about. Some of it is definitely de- debunked. We have de- we've we've debunked ourselves like weeks later after stories get uh, yeah. That's science. Do you want to do a spider story? Given we were just talking about bugs yeah. in Australia. That one's fine. I like that. Yeah, I like this story that was sent in by Lacey Adams. Spiders fly using electricity, not wind. A surprising finding potentially solves the enduring mystery of how and when baby spiders become airborne. This is in Cosmos magazine. The phenomenon of baby spiders gliding through the air on the end of a length of spun silk has been reported for centuries. Now scientists have uncovered the surprising mechanism by which the feat is achieved. Charles Darwin. Off of Darwinism. Oh, that guy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, technically anybody could put ism after their name. Yeah, after Turnerism. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Jesse J. Wait, I don't get it. What? Ism. Anyway. Uh, What's Jism? <laughs> oh, it was just spells Jism. Oh, but, oh, uh, oh, oh, okay. I thought you were going for Jainism, like that religion where you can't d- touch spiders, for instance. Is that what was making you think of that? I guess, yeah. Yeah, don't they have to walk with little brooms and just brush? It's, it seems like a brush really the ground frustrating, in front of frustrating belief system. You like can't, curling? You can't kill insects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to pr- <laughs> curling. <laughs> you know what they call those people, do you know? 
I think it is Jane. No, what do they call the people with the brooms oh. in curling? Sweepers? Sweepers, Sweepers yeah. Sweepers, I think so. I think I don't, I don't think it's... And then uh, it's Brushman? Yeah, because I think curling... Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Did curling originate in like Canada or something like that? Or did it... Re- I know there's a good Scottish curling team, so maybe... I wouldn't be surprised if it's Scotland. If it is Scotland, then maybe it would have a weirder name. Because British sports tend to have that have been around for longer tend to have weird names for positions. Yeah, cricket's a strange one. Yeah, cricket's got some very strange ones. But hang on, okay, I'm looking this up. Or do you want to look that up while I carry on with this? What am I looking at? Charles Darwin, name of the curling sweepers. (laughs) Charles Darwin once referred to the gossamer spiders he noticed following him on a sea voyage as little aeronauts. They accomplished this through a practice known as ballooning, spinning a tiny silk sail and jumping from a high platform. Until recently, it was believed wind was needed to enable their flight. However, ballooning, ballooning has been observed in windless conditions, which raises the question of how exactly the spiders take flight. Now, researchers from the University of Bristol believe they have shed light on this mystery. Their study reported in Current Biology shows that naturally occurring electromagnetic fields can not only trigger this process, but also provide lift and velocity, even without a breeze to glide on. We don't yet know whether electric fields are required to allow spider ballooning, says biologist Erica Morley. We do, however, know they are sufficient. Morley and her colleague Daniel Robert were presented with the notion of electrostatic ballooning by another researcher in 2013. The theory that electricity could aid spiders in getting airborne has in fact been discussed since the early 19th century, but until now it's been never taken seriously, in spite of little in the way of testing. The atmospheric potential gradient, APG, a global electromagnetic circuit between the Earth and the ionosphere, is ever-present around the world, Morley explains, but the strength of the APG can vary greatly. On a calm, clear day, it may reach 100 volts per meter, while in stormier conditions it can increase by two orders of magnitude. Bumblebees and other insects can detect these magnetic fields. Uh, bees use them to find their way to flowers. But only now it is, is it coming to light that spiders are similarly equipped to respond to atmospheric charge. In their study, Morley and Robert created steady fields of electromagnetic current inside sealed tanks, thus eliminating other stimuli such as air movement. They then introduced baby spiders from the family Linifidae. Uh... Andy, by the way, before I finish this story, what, what have you got for us? Oh, uh, curling was indeed invented in Scotland, and uh, there are historical records of uh, there was a stone found at the bottom of a drained pond with the date 1511 carved into it. So it's been around a long time. And yeah, just... but that could have been last week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, or it could have been from like thousands of years ago, like one day. I like how they got they got some scientists. We need we need to date this stone. And he's like, well, it says, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm going to lunch. He sleeps off some more. No, it says negative fifteen eleven. <laughs> how did they know to go backwards? <laughs> they uh, knew he was coming. Yeah, or, true believers. <laughs> or it's upside down, and it was someone just trying to write. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So, oh yeah. Okay. Um, so yes, they're just Is called he? sweepers. All right. They're just called sweepers. The researchers noticed that ballooning increased significantly when the fields were switched on. Furthermore, switching the electric field off and on and off once spiders were airborne caused them to move upwards or downwards, respectively. Oh, fuck. I see a new executive toy. Yeah. Desk toy. Can Sp- you move back up? You can, like, suck it back up? I guess so. Hmm. The, uh, the researchers also found that the spider's trico. Bothria, which are the tiny sensory hairs located on the surface of their exoskeletons that have been previously shown to respond to sound, also appear to be stimulated by the electric fields. 
There are days when many thousands of spiders take to the air in mass ballooning events, and others when none disperse at all. Talk about MBEs? Yep, MBEs. Sometimes it's an MBE-free day. The new findings suggest this could be explained by fluctuations in the strength of the APG. That's the... What does APG stand for again? (laughs) The Atmospheric atmospheric Potential potential Gradient. gradient. There we go. Uh, The chart, the field. The findings may also help to predict when such events will occur in future, not only in spiders, but in other ballooning animals. There are others. Caterpillars and spider mites. This could bring about a deeper understanding of population dynamics, species distribution, and ecological resilience. The researchers believe more work is required. The next step will involve looking to see whether other animals also detect and use electric fields in ballooning. We also hope to carry out further investigations to the physical properties of ballooning silk and carry out ballooning studies in the field, says Morley. I, I would... Would you have a little executive toy in a desk that has a... Bu- a bunch spot- of baby spiders in, in a tube and a field you can switch on and off or sure. maybe a response to music yeah electrical current it's like a little torture it is it's, uh, but does spiders. a spider like have a brain that can even like or maybe the spider enjoys it no what yeah. he's done you're not killing it you're just sending it on a little ride whoa, 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 whoa. it's a little <laughs> audio equalizer <laughs> the bigger upside to this story I think is that Obviously, everyone knows up until this point, Spider-Man has been limited to cities with tall buildings. Outside of that, his powers are minimal at best. Maybe (laughs) forest. But now, Spider-Man can be within the bounds of science and just, like, shoot a web high enough up and just fly like other superheroes. It suddenly opens up a world. That's really funny. Does he ever, in the comic books, like, go to small towns? (laughs) He's useless, right? He can't do anything. It's like, oh, the the post office, two stories. Yeah. (laughs) Sitting on top of there like a gargoyle. <laughs> I make sure Topeka is uh, un- unmolested by ne'er do wells. No, that's a real city. Yeah. Wait, okay. This shouldn't be Topeka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I can't name a small enough. Uh... Ding dong, Idaho. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that place. Ding dong. I've been to the Chuckle Hut of Ding dong, Idaho. I did get a flat tire um, on the highway and had to stop and spend the afternoon in uh, Lovelock, Nevada. Oh, I think I've been to Love Lock. Yeah, it's um, it's name, it's just a prison. There's a prison there, and then there's like a little yeah. community on the side of it. And uh, they had one restaurant open. It was pretty, pretty incredible. Well, how was the food there? I'm guessing the best you've ever eaten. There was nothing on there that wasn't fried. <laughs> there were two restaurants, and the other one was closed at that time or whatever. Um, Love Lock's got uh, two thousand three people. Two thousand three. That sounds like a lot. But oh wait, I've been to this because it's kind of close to where you get off uh, the highway to get up to Burning Man. It's near Reno, right? Oh really? Uh yeah, yeah. I think you might have to drive through it on on route. Maybe I wasn't going anywhere in, in Nevada, so I I don't remember exactly what you know what it was near. In fact, oh no, no, it's not on that side road, but yeah, it's near there. That general Reno adjacent. If you got any Love Lockians listening, we bought a copy of. Um, I heart Huckabee's because we had a we had a VHS player in the in the van. <laughs> How does that hold up? No, it was a DVD. It was a DVD. We got a DVD of, of and um and then at some point in the trip, it was like a three week. Um, I was on tour with a a play, mm-hmm. and then at, at some point in the last week, uh, somebody took it out of the DVD player and threw it out the window because <laughs> <laughs> they were sick of us playing. It's a really weird movie to rewatch. We just didn't have a bunch of yeah. movies. Yeah. We were bought whatever they had. All the ability to buy any other. <laughs> well, you don't know what it was like on tour. Yeah. 
Were you, when you say you're on tour with a player, were you in the cast of the play or were you yeah. just opening for them? No, I was just following. I just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just wanted to watch. It's a real playhead. Yeah. <laughs> Suspended this summer. <laughs> Watch following our town around yeah. the country. Acting, acting. <laughs> this was like 13 years ago. Um, it was like uh, it was like four years after I did um, the first Probably Science. Yeah, right. How big was the production? Um, there were like like 10, 12 of us on tour. Okay, this is a solid number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too many. Enough for someone to get sick of I Heart Huckabees to the point of anger, of physical violence. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's stressful. Man, yeah. it, it is stressful. That is, and we didn't have a ton of money, you know, just so yeah. stressful. You got the Huckabees cash. And, that's and we weren't allowed to, to have any weed on us, you know, because oh. he's a, it was a political play. What's and the we play? were It was called I'm Going to Kill the President. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. We did it a couple, <laughs> of, really we did it a couple times in New York and, and out here. I call him to kill the president. You're serious? Yeah. <laughs> I actually just did Teresa Lee's podcast, and I on it, I the whole thing is like I regaled the story because um, we had to kick someone off tour because we suspected him of being law enforcement. <laughs> he had infiltrated that group. <laughs> Which, if you've if you've seen um, that Michael Moore documentary, uh, they law enforcement was infiltrating like every group. In in post nine eleven America, or? yes, um, and like there was like famously like a book club, like an old lady book club that like wasn't political <laughs> that they infiltrated. Was, but this is a play called I'm Gonna Kill the President, and then we had right. to travel because at the end of the play, I don't think we can even put this in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> like I think we have to put in the show notes that and a curiously titled play. <laughs> yeah, what you know all the secret service. You has don't need to touch like it. Google alert for those words. Yeah. Just, that's the only way they can. <laughs> I talk. mean. But they probably do have that, amongst other things. Right, right. Yeah. Well, at the end of the play, we get like arrested by the police. Um, but on tour, we had to bring just four dudes that all they did was come on the end and arrest us. And so there was just like a Craigslist ad. And then like four weirdos showed up who had like three weeks to kill doing almost literally nothing. <laughs> and then so this one dude, we bought like- him a, pl- a bus ticket in Chicago and then drove him to the bus station and just kicked him out. And you think he, wait, he's not the one you thought was a cop. Yes. Yes. Oh. That was who we thought it was a cop. But you still think it's possible he was? Or? No, I still think that he was a cop. But he never did I thought anything. then and I think it now. He never. No, he just had a really weird backstory. And then there was a riot in Kalamazoo because when the cops come in, the audience doesn't know they're cops. And so sometimes there are extreme reactions. And in like a few cities, they like formed human chains no, like to, le- to like stop to the but like because yeah we had like a big van that they would hurt us into so like we got our key- our van keyed. Wait, wait, and I'm then- sorry. I thought you meant. Hold on a second. Yeah, in the st- in the play on stage, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. four people come out. That at the end say we are we're police officers. That's what they did in, in New York and L.A. But then when we were on tour, we just had to make them federal officers, F- FBI, sure. so we could have the same outfits. And then so they came, they come in and arrest us, and then question the audience. And that's how it ends. Oh, okay. But then people formed a chain around the van, not around the stage, or around the van. Yeah, but like because so, because when, when we get arrested, no, they but, came outside. It like turns oh into God. like a melee. So anyway, in Kalamazoo, there was a riot where they like literally fought the FBI agents to stop us from being arrested. That's amazing. And then w- one of our FBI agents choked a guy out, broke his glasses. <laughs> and then we were like, what's up with that, bro? How do we 
And he's like, he, then he mentioned that he was in the military or law enforcement. And then, uh, then we're like, what? You just, you just mentioned this like on the second week of tour? What are you talking about? And we looked up his IMDb and he had these two weird credits that we like couldn't figure out any information on. We're like, this was made up. This guy needs to go. Yeah. And so he left. I wonder if he stopped. I mean, I wonder what he's up to nothing now. Nothing came from that riot as far as <laughs> I think at the very least, even regular if it, law enforcement? No, no, no. And there's no story you didn't look it up in the uh, to see if their local news covered something about it later. No, on. well, we had to bring in the guy who broke his glasses. We had to bring him in and be like, "Hey, you know, this was a play. We're sorry. <laughs> you know, it's like we'll buy you new glasses. Yeah. This is all staged. Did that you, was a mistake." What did he, what did he <laughs> how did he respond to that? He was so fucking cool about it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, it's just like, like I don't so, know, man. So I got choked out by an actor. People, that's amazing. The play would like it's like a silly comedy, but it would like really stir up, you know, and like you want to yeah. be an activist. And then when you're like, you're on the, you know, it's like, and you're like, it's good. Oh, that's good, man. I just want everyone to be happy. So again, I'm not trying to like belabor this, but I don't. So after the curtain call, like it's over. No, there's no curtain the call. We're in the middle of the performance. It's the last scene. Yeah. It's a literal kangaroo court. And I play a, a judge who is wearing a kangaroo head. Oh, God. And then the police come in. And just to be clear, people don't think you're a real kangaroo judge. Uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> you can't arrest him. He's a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> so they come in and they like tie us up. You know, do the the zip ties or whatever, and, and the then like lead us away. Sometimes we'll run away. It's, it was usually more fun to run away, like right. run from that the cops, because then I get to like hang out and not like be in the van handcuffed for a while. Right? Because you got to drive out somewhere else away from everybody. And then when there isn't a riot, how long until you like break the character? You know, uh, say and scene for the whole. Th- you know what I mean? How does oh, there's end, never end, a break. End, end. There's, there's never no. Break. There's never a resolution. No, you. We get arrested. We leave. And then they look at everybody's IDs. <laughs> this is the best idea for a play. I yeah, well, the play starts. You have to call a number. Um, you, you had to call a number, and then it was a recording telling you to go to a corner. And then the cast would dress in black for the show and go out to this corner and be and ask everyone if they're here to see the play, like That's drug dealers, like you here to see the play. And then if they didn't, if they said what, you know, we like never mind, never mind. <laughs> and then we had to like put them on camera and ask if they were law enforcement, and then like tell them in line, and then lead them this weird way to the back of a theater. Oh, that's awesome! I love yeah. this so much. Yeah, let's get that back on the t- on tour. And, I want to see that. And yeah. when that guy you kicked that guy off, did you say because we think you're a cop, or did you just say because you choked out an audience member? <laughs> Um, I mean, it's a, uh, I don't remember exactly what, I don't think we wanted to have a conversation. Yeah. So we put the biggest guys in the cast, uh, in a, in the car, there was a car and a van that we were traveling with, uh, cause there was a 15 pass. That's what we would all be herded into at the end of every episode or uh, end, of, end of every, every show. But, um, so we were in the car and we, it was the three big guys and this guy and we, uh, we pulled up in front of the bus station, got out. And then my buddy Lucas, the play, he's uh, he grabs his his uh, suitcase, puts it down, says, "Hey man, this is the end of the road for you." Yeah, man, we got you a ticket, and you gotta go. So, all right, have a good night. Because <laughs> it's like Thanks this guy's a, you know, it's like I don't need to explain anything. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he did choke a guy out, <laughs> and whether he's not a whether he's a cop or not, a he's gotta role. go. Yeah, yeah, you can't, our- do, you can't. Be choking out audience members. He, he couldn't. He couldn't be like. He didn't yeah, pay we got, me for the last choking or something. What? <laughs> what? Def- Did he get paid for everything he was promised? Yeah, I think he, he got paid for his, all his chokes. Yeah, we're, we're good. We got. But yeah, we've, yeah, I know we've got some younger actors who listen to the show, and so just know you can't choke out audience members. Yeah, 
you might not know this yet. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You're trying to get in the stand up. You let them uh, attack you. Uh, audience, d- comic destroys this <laughs> dumb Steve. Austin it was a body farm was, out there. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, uh, where can our listeners find out about you? Well, I think I've said everywhere. Um, you know, just um, just listen to Get Rich, Nick. That's what I really care about. That's um, that's that's what I, I I hope is my new job. Cool. Yeah, Get Rich, it, Nick. It's a great premise. I still haven't listened yet. I'm gonna listen to this week. I listened to the uh, bl- the plasma donation episode. Oh, uh, well, you're going to love the one in, I believe, two weeks? Is that, uh, I think, yeah. is that trivia, by each other? I think, I think nice. that's when it's coming out, but yeah. Um, so do that. You can find us at probablyscience.com, individually at, uh, sorry, at Twitter, at Property Science, individually mm-hmm. at Andy T. Wood, at Mike Kirshen. Write nice things about us on iTunes. Uh, you can go to probablyscience.com for all the stories we cover, the links to those, and also the donation buttons through PayPal and Patreon. Thank you very much to our kind donors and patrons. Yes. Uh, do we have time to squeeze in one extra Patri- Patreon story? For- sure. Should we do that after yes. we've stopped down? Let's do that, yes. We'll, we'll squeeze that out, but in the meantime, thank you very much. All of the listeners, we very much appreciate it. Thank you, Nick Turner. Thanks, guys. Listen to Get Rich, Nick. Bye-bye.